Hi, everyone. My name is Jim. Welcome to Wild Gravity Travel Cast. This is episode nine, um, being recorded March 10th, 2019, bringing you the latest news and updates on the industry uh, every week. So we got a lot of news to get into, but I want to let you know that our special feature today is going to feature Brian, uh, Mr. Brian Orlando from Orlando Park Pass or ORL Park Pass on Twitter. Uh, he just came off of his third trip to Asia. So he, he visited several parks. We're going to talk to him about the parks he visited, his experiences, his super honest feedback, um, as he always provides in his videos. He has a wonderful video series on YouTube. Uh, probably mention it a few more times later on in the segment. Let him promote that as well. Um, so we'll get to that in just a little bit. So starting off with the news, we have um, more of just kind of, I guess, announcements that we have opening days, uh, opening date announcements for a lot of Orlando attractions and so on. But first, uh, we got a look at the Copperhead Strike point of view video, the on-ride video from Copperhead Strike. And of course, we haven't ridden it yet. Nobody's ridden it yet uh, that we know of. Uh, Nobody that I've talked to has ridden it yet, at least. So as of now, uh, my feedback on the Copperhead Strike POV is that it looks kind of slow. But it is a family coaster, so I will say we'll, we'll give it time, and we'll see what happens when we get a chance to ride later on this season. So that's that. Um, if you want to see the Copperhead Strike POV, be sure to go subscribe and check out our YouTube page where I have it posted. Um, that is youtube.com slash wildgravitytravels. So we have the POV online over there. Also uploaded a video of time-lapse of Tigris at Bush Gardens Tampa being built. I might have mentioned that last week, but I did finally get that video uploaded that they sent to us. So those are the two new videos on our YouTube page. So again, be sure to go over there and subscribe and check those out. Uh, and the, the rest of the news of the week is we have opening dates for some of the Orlando stuff. Uh, Sesame Street Land... I believe is what it's called, is going to open on March 27th. Uh, Media Day will be March 26th, from what we hear and see. Legoland, the uh, Legoland Florida is opening the Lego Movie World. That is uh, also going to open on March 27th. So, obviously, a lot of media attention going to be given to the Florida parks right there in that span. We also have dates for Star Wars, kind of. And, you know, it's kind of weird the way Disney does it a lot, and Universal has done it too. Um, but Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland is going to open on May 31st. And Star Wars Galaxy Edge at Disney World is going to open on August 29th. However, with all of that being said, if you read the fine print, um, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is going to open later this year, and that applies to both of the parks. So that means that we're only going to have Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, open when you arrive at the park. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just just take that in stride. Just remember, if you're going to go rushing into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge like a lot of the bloggers are going to, uh, 
there's going to be one less ride. And there's only two rides featured in the area in the first place. So double your weight on the new ride, uh, Smuggler's Run. And then later in the year, we'll probably get each of each coast will open uh, Rise of the Resistance. Finally, in the news this week, we have Hershey Park uh, revealed the vehicles for Cup Fusion. We shared that on our social pages. Uh, the vehicles look nice. They look sleek. They look kind of the way I expected them to look. Um, and they're going to add some more wristband technology to the park uh, for Reese's Cup Fusion, for the ride Reese's Cup Fusion. And uh, basically, it's going to be wearable technology. That's how it's been described. They're also adding some new food offerings at Hershey Park this season, including Chick-fil-A, Nathan's Hot Dogs, and Keeping It Kosher Food Trucks. So that's what's going on over at Hershey Park. And their season starts the weekend before Cedar Point uh, starts May 3rd. It's the same weekend, I believe, that Canada's Wonderland is opening. So we'll see UConn Striker come to life at that point as well. So that's all I have in the news at this point. Um, we're going to move right into our segment with Brian. I'm sure he's got a lot to talk about right after the break. So stay tuned for that. Again, Brian will be with us after the break talking all of his Asian adventures. Okay, welcome back from the break, everybody. We are joined this week, finally. Um, I know everyone's anticipation has been building uh, by Mr. Brian Orlando himself, uh, fresh off of his third, right? Third Asian third. adventure. Yeah. Um, so he's here to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about the current news first. Um, probably not what we went over um, this episode, but more just what's been happening recently in the industry. Brian's a, a GM of the industry, um, very professional, much like Brent we had on last week. If you haven't checked out that episode, be sure to go back. Uh, Brian, why don't you go ahead and plug your YouTube page, because I know you have a wonderful video series from every trip. Yeah, on YouTube, it, uh, just search for Mr. Brian in Orlando, and that's where my uh, Asia Adventure series is. Cool. Yep, and you're on Twitter as well as uh, Mr. Brian ORL, I believe, right? Correct. Yep. Okay, so you can definitely check out the links there. Um, and for anybody who loves watching videos or like doing trip research, I think um, Brian's videos are probably the best out there. They're the most honest about the experiences, and that's why we're having him on the show today. He's a good friend as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Also, a uh, He's a new and up-and-coming coaster enthusiast, I guess I should say that as well. Uh, might be a little bit of my fault, but... Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> you're doing more coasters than me now per year, so... Um, so, let's get into the, some of the current stuff before we go into your, your fun trip report. So, we have uh, Gwazi being built, and a lot of people are rushing to judgment. I mean... Imagine that, right? Of course. Uh, um, what's your impression of the Gwazi RMC situation at the moment? Well, I mean, being an RMC fan, I am hoping in my selfish nature that this RMC is going to be one of the best. Uh, reality, I, I'm not sure. We're, we're too early on in the stages to really tell. But I'm hoping that it's going to be a really good ride because obviously an hour drive for me is a lot better than taking a flight to a park with an RMC. Okay, that's fair. 
I mean, never hurts to go to Cedar Point, though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, that's understandable. Um, so we have uh, a lot happening. I mean, I know we have correspondents going to multiple media events in the next few weeks down there in Orlando. Uh, we've got Sesame Street coming out the same day as Legoland, which actually Legoland has announced their Lego Movie World uh, opening day well before uh, SeaWorld announced theirs, and now we have opening days for Star Wars, and we're learning about Hagrid's. So, so what's what's your impression of everything happening? It's it's a whirlwind of stuff, but what are your takes on those things? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always exciting for new things in Orlando anytime. Uh, I I definitely think Universal has the one up on this. I do think the Hagrid's ride is going to be pretty good. I'm hoping <laughs> it's an intimate, so I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure on reliability, but I'm excited about that. As far as like Sesame street and Lego, um, I, I will eventually go there and, and visit that, but I'm in no rush to go out to see either one right now. I think I'm more excited about Hagrid's. That's fair. Would you, so, you know, pretty much what we have so far for the 2019 lineup, uh, across the board of like the North American parks. So, would you do you from what you've seen of pictures and videos and everything do you think Hagrid's is the best new coaster of 2019 as far as theming and putting it into a theme park you know and another being another Harry Potter attraction I think as far as that aspect it's probably going to be the best but I don't think it's going to be the best coaster this season and what do you think the best coaster of this season is, in your opinion? Well, the one I'm most looking forward to, which, again, is probably not, not going to open anytime soon, but I was really looking forward to the, uh, the West Coast Racers in Magic Mountain. Um, but probably second would be Copperhead Strike, for sure. Right. And we just got that POV uh, this past week. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Looks a little slow in the beginning. I'm not a huge fan of those rolls out of the station, but... Mm -hmm. uh, Hydra has that. I'm not sure if you've been to Dorney Park to experience nope. Hydra, but it's on my list this year. Okay, <laughs> we'll watch for your take on that as well. Yeah. It's a. I'm not a huge fan of Hydra, but that's a personal thing. So, um, yeah. So tons of excitement. I know you've got even more trips planned this year uh, to several parks that we've talked about, even meeting up in a couple places. So yeah. we'll definitely be having you back on the show to talk about your trips and our trips together probably and yeah. uh what else in the industry happening right now has your attention like just in general just for orlando no orlando and beyond um well, like i said orlando pretty much uh star wars and hagrid's i mean that's that's definitely star wars that i'm super excited about um, i'm tempted to go to both coasts but i don't think that's gonna happen um but I think for me personally, I mean, just kind of going and experiencing more coasters out there is, is number one on my list right now and seeing some of these new coasters. Um, and then second would probably be Star Wars for sure this year. Okay. So, and I know you told me kind of in a side conversation, you're excited for uh, Max Force at yes. uh, Six Flags Great America in Chicago. So um, I assume you've seen the, the POV for that. Yes. So are you worried that it's too short at all? It does all? seem a little short, um, but it does look like a pretty cool ride to me. Um, and again, just I have to experience it myself. But right. I, I'm kind of excited about that one as well. I mean, it's on my list um, of coasters I want to see this year. 
but uh, yeah, if I make it up to Chicago, I'll definitely check it out. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it looks like an exciting ride. I've kind of, I've heard a lot of people say the negative about the POV being short. And my response to them is just remember that uh, a ride like full throttle is about the same length of ride time. And it's, it's a wonderful ride. I think it's very yeah. underrated for Six Flags Magic Mountains lineup. I agree. Um, so think, yeah, think of full one of my favorites there. Yeah, mine too. Mine as well. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, let's move into your trip report. And again, this is your third Asian adventure. So you've, you've got videos already on Shanghai. Disney was one of the first and best video series is on Shanghai Disney, completely open and honest yeah. about the experiences and, uh, you know, not all the fluff that we see from other people who might have gotten their flights paid for to go there and experience everything. Um, yes, I do not get paid for any of my, my videos or coverage of the park. So I'm always trying to be very realistic as a, you know, just a, showing out to people who have never been to Asia to see, you know, what, what do you experience in these parks and how are they different from U.S. parks, which is a lot. <laughs> right. And I think it's good to have video series like yours where it's, it's pure and it's honest and it's, it's completely, you know, there's no, I guess, lenses over it or, you know, there's no rainbows and butterflies around everything. It's, you know, here's what it, here's what you're going to go through, language barriers, et cetera. So, um, and I remember watching that in your Shanghai video, like seeing (laughs) some of the language barriers they were still working through because they were in the beginnings and, uh, yeah, lots of language barriers in Asia, a lot. So your first park of this trip was Siam is how I'm going to say it. Uh, Siam Park City, correct? Correct. Yeah, we're not exactly sure how to pronounce it. So Siam or Siam, whatever it is, Siam Park City, yes. All right. And you rode some coasters there, I assume, obviously. Yeah, nothing to write home about with the coasters. I think it's more of the whole park experience. So uh, Siam Park City was kind of a side, last-minute type venture that I went out. I had a free afternoon after some of the work items I did overseas. So I'm like, well, I want to see a crazy park in Asia. And I'd never been to one um, in Thailand. So this park popped up. I did a, a Google search. And it's it's near kind of the Bangkok airport area. So it was probably like a 45-minute drive uh, with a taxi to get there. But this park was so bizarre. I think it, it tops my list of the most bizarre park I visited. Uh, it's the rides are in really bad shape. Everything looks like it's closed. And I don't know if I was kind of going off season. I, I have no idea. It was just <laughs> a very slow park. The operations were absolutely horrible. Uh, so on the coasters, you would, you would sit in a seat waiting to get harnessed and checked. And you'd sit there for about 10 minutes. And then someone gradually just walks up. And it's very <laughs> nonchalant. Oh, wow. uh, no efficiency at all. I mean, granted, there was like, maybe 20 people in the park total, but there were people waiting to ride a coaster and, you know, there were maybe five seats filled and they just take their time. Uh, Same with the boat ride. Uh, This boat ride was insane. Uh, It was actually a real boat with a motor uh, going along a little river channel. And again, I got in the boat. I was the only person in the boat and the guys were just, you know, talking to each other and having a conversation, laughing. And I'm here sitting for the ride again, Gradually just gets on the boat, 
And I think I have that in my video. I just, I'm sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and gradually it gets on, no communication, nothing. Wow. So it, it was just a very unique experience. I mean, if, if anyone's ever in Bangkok and you happen to have a free day to see a crazy wacky park, uh, Siam Park is definitely the place to go. It's a totally unique experience. Uh, there's not really a whole lot to do. There's a water park that's attached to it that was very dirty and looked like it hadn't been maintained in years. You know, weeds growing everywhere, mold on the walls. It's just, it was an experience, <laughs> to say the least. That sounds like quite an experience, yeah. Yeah. The, um, so, yeah, the operations, that sounds like the most casual I've ever seen. And <laughs> yes, that's, that's insane because you think of parks here and we won't name them out. But I mean, I've seen bad days at uh, Bush Gardens, Tampa. Mm -hmm. I've seen bad days at obviously Six Flags parks <laughs> Yeah, a lot. Um, for sure. <laughs> and this probably sounds like it ranks higher than those for frustration and just slow. Yeah, very slow. Uh, so, I mean, maybe you did go in the off season, but still, yeah, it's doesn't sound like it paints, paints a pretty picture. Uh, it's one of those parks that I like to say, you just get your credits and get out. Yeah, I was very careful not to tag them on, on any videos that I did because I kind of uh, gave a really bad impression of the park, even though I, I like crazy, weird parks, but I just didn't want them to kind of see that, even though they probably wouldn't understand what I was talking about anyway. But <laughs> uh, I didn't want to say too much, you know, or, and tag them and be like, oh, look, this guy from America is coming here and, and bashing our park. But uh, right. You know, for me, liking crazy things, I enjoyed every second of it. I just love weird rides. Uh, so uh, it was definitely an experience. <laughs> cool. So then you moved on to Fuji Q. And before we get into that, I will say I had a little bit of a laugh you had uh, with your hotel adventure there. Um, <laughs> and you had an actual room key to a to a, your hotel room like it wasn't even a key card right it was an actual this was like, an actual metal key on an actual like plastic piece that attached to it and that piece looks like huge <laughs> it was it was huge i had to put it in my book bag because i mean with my pocket and i had other stuff and it's just it was too big to carry around but uh that that hotel was one of the weirdest hotels i stayed at as well i, I had checked in and there was literally he spoke maybe two words of English and he originally put me in the wrong room and the poor man, I think I was on the third floor. He ran up the stairs cause he was trying to catch me before I opened the room. And he said, no, 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 no. Wrong room, wrong room, wrong room. <laughs> Gives me another wow. key to this other room. Uh, so it was supposed to have a king bed. It was literally two double beds put together. So there was a big crease in the middle of them. So you couldn't even sleep in the middle of the bed. Do what your back would have been all out of whack. Uh, it had a like a, it wasn't a rotary phone, but it was one of those old um, push button type phones. Yeah, that I haven't seen in ages either as the phone, and then a whole book of instructions in Japanese. So uh, they did have Wi-Fi. Surprisingly, I was shocked at that. Uh, but the cool thing about that place was I literally walk out my door to my hotel, look out the window, and there's um, Mount Fuji. So I thought that was pretty incredible. I mean, the view from that hotel was just perfect to see the mountain. Right. That's, that's good then. Yeah. So we move on to Fuji-Q. 
Another very interesting park. Uh, talk about bad operations. Uh, this park ranks up there too. So they have a, a really slow operation. Uh, they're very thorough in checking uh, restraints on coasters. They're very thorough about if a coaster is floorless, you cannot wear any type of shoes. So you can't, just not sandals, any type of shoe, you have to take off. So I was very surprised. I rode, and I'm probably going to butcher the name of this, but um, Ijanika, Ijanika, it was the, the 4D type coaster, like uh, right. two. You have to take off your shoes. So when you walk in the loading platform, you'll see all these shoes on the floor on these little spaces. Absolutely zero loose items. So you have to take out everything you have in your pockets, which I mean is common, and put them in lockers right next to it. So they have lockers kind of right beside the load dock, and you just load everything in and take off your shoes. But then the restraint system for the coaster, I, I swear it had all different types of buckles and that it was just it was so many. And then they check every single one of them. So the process takes a while, and then eventually you're like, when are they ever going to dispatch us? They sit there again, and then finally you get dispatched. And it was like that on mainly every coaster that I rode at FujiQ. Wow. So, so this, this Ijeneka, again, yeah. I'm butchering it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is like the definitely the sister to X2. Oh, yeah. Um, but it is. At Six Flags Magic Mountain because it's it's titled as an SNS on RCDB. So yep. and SNS, of course, we know took over Arrow. Mm -hmm. um, so this yeah, is... This, which was quite a ride. This is a taller, longer, and faster version of X2. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's definitely more intense. I think it spins more than X2, but okay. the track itself is much longer. Uh, so it's it's quite a ride. It was... I, woke, I walked off of that, and it was... Uh, my face was white. I mean, it was, it was very intense. Wow. Uh, but definitely my favorite ride at that park. I didn't get a chance to ride it again because I didn't feel like waiting in a two-hour queue, uh, which would have been maybe 30 minutes in the U.S. with their bad dispatching. So Right. Um, and then you also have to go through a facial recognition, uh, which I, I pointed out a lot on when I was tweeting about it. So they, when you walk in the park, they kind of, there's different tickets you can buy. So you can buy a ticket that you can just walk around the park and you pay for each individual ride. There's also a ticket that includes everything. So coasters and all on a ticket. So I found out they need to give a facial recognition when you walk in the park to see what type of ticket you bought. Uh. And coasters, they verify your, your face that you bought a ticket that includes coasters. But that process, again, it just slowed up everything. So everybody has to walk in scan your face, and then walk into the loading dock. So, uh, and then, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go on two other coasters there. Uh, Fujiyama was down due to wind, and that was, uh, it was open literally probably about a half hour during the day, and I'm kicking myself for not going on. Uh, but that was down for wind, and I'm going to butcher this name probably to the Dodonopa. Uh, Do Dodnapa. Yeah. That's how I've always heard it pronounced. That was closed for uh, refurb, as they say, which was, <laughs> on, was on the website. So I kind of knew that ahead of time. Uh, so out of the four major coasters there, I was only able to, um, the other coaster I was able to ride was that Takabisha. 
uh, which is like a, a Eurofighter style coaster, uh, which oh, right. was really good. It has that 121 degree drop. Uh, I had no idea it had some kind of indoor elements too, which I had no, I had, didn't spoil and watch POVs before I went to the parks. I didn't want to spoil anything for myself, but it actually has a little indoor section as well, which I thought was neat. Um, so but yeah, you, that's, did you like this better than hang time? Cause I know this is like a first gen version of like hang time. It's like basically yeah. mystery mine, uh, aged. Yeah, no, I definitely liked it better than hang time. I thought it was a really cool coaster. I love the kind of indoor elements of it too. Um, so yeah, they, they both were great coasters, but I wish I would have been able to see, you know, the full collection, but I'll, I'll eventually go back. I'm sure. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, Dodonapa is how I'm going to say it. Yes. Uh, it's actually, for those who don't know, it's a um, SNS air launch. So if you ever played like Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 and you <laughs> had those powered air launch coasters where you basically all you did was build like a, an oval track and, and then get it back to the station. I used um, to love building those. <laughs> yeah. Those are, I mean, we had one of those very short lived at Bush Gardens Williamsburg, you might remember. Mm -hmm. um, it was called Hypersonic XLC, and its footprint was like basically now where I believe where uh, Windseeker is at is like mm -hmm. where the station sat right next to the wooden coaster there. Um, and oh, I'm sorry, not Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, uh, Kings Dominion. I'm in the right area, the wrong part. <laughs> uh, got my sights messed up. Yeah, you're thinking, where's Windseeker in Bush? Yeah, Gardens? it's like, what? Where's Windseeker? Yeah. Bush I'm, I'm mixed up. I'm backwards today. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So where Windseeker is in King's Dominion right there next to uh, the wood coaster there, which I think is Grizzly. I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> so uh, they used to have one and they, they pretty much, uh, they shuttered that very quickly because it, it just wasn't, it wasn't, mechanically sound and mm -hmm. you know even when paramount says and this was it was shuttered when paramount owned king's dominion so when paramount says something isn't mechanically sound there's that's like six flags saying this thing's broke we need to tear it down mm -hmm. which we haven't seen six flags do since the days of deja vu yeah um but yeah so we had hypersonic xlc so dodonapa which according to rcdb is operating sporadically probably <laughs> <laughs> um, it is the only remaining SNS air launch coaster in the world. Wow, I did not know that. So, yep. Well, hopefully, it, by my next visit, it's still running. Um, <laughs> I'll get to experience it. Oh, I, I totally forgot too. There's a, there's a haunted attraction there that gets a lot of hype at. Oh Food yeah. Uh, so I was I was kind of excited about this, but uh, unfortunately, it was not as good as everybody's saying it was. Um, so it's a it's a walkthrough attraction. It's um, they're claiming it takes about 45 minutes up to an hour to get through. I think I got through probably in 25 minutes or so. Wow! It's not intense, uh, and maybe I just hit it at a bad time. But I walked in with uh, two uh, Japanese guys that are like, "Oh yeah, come with us, come with us, come with us." And so you walk into a a, a pre-show area where you sit on a bench and you watch this very gory and very violent movie about what happened in this haunted hospital. And during that 
presentation, there's a little like there's some bench effects so they'll it'll vibrate and do different things. But it was so incredibly violent that would have never been in any park here in the U.S. I mean, it was just wow. <laughs> you know, it has definitely like a, a high R rating to it. Uh, so from the pre-show, then you walk kind of through this. It's an abandoned hospital, you know, a typical scene of a haunted house. And you walk through these rooms, but there's hardly any characters. There's these cheap, like, gimmick scares. The whole theming of it was really well done. The rooms were really beautiful to look at, but there were hardly any scares. And, you know, they're, they're promoting this as, the, you know, the scariest haunted house in the world and all these things. And it just was not that at all so maybe the japanese they were screaming i mean everybody else and i'm just you know i'm used to horror nights and you know uh, scary farm and all that this seemed like a kiddie ride to me after that so wow. but it's it's hyped it's in the back you have to pay a separate admission for it so it's not included with the park ticket and you get pretty much a reservation time you show up you walk through it and you're done so uh if you haven't been to the park before and i know you know a lot of people are venture out to Fuji Q. It's definitely, I mean, worth checking out once, you know, it was, I don't remember how much it was to, to add it on, but it wasn't super expensive, uh, but definitely to check it out, but nothing, nothing spectacular. <laughs> gotcha. So finally, um, you went to Tokyo Disneyland and Disney sea, and I know you've yeah. been to Disney sea before, but you had never had a chance to crack tokyo disney is that correct that's correct you know i realized we totally skipped over uh universal singapore oh correct yes <laughs> well, we can come back to that after disney if you want no go ahead and do it in order since yeah. i mean your video series is going to be in order and <laughs> yeah uh, so so actually before before i went to fuji q uh, i did stop in singapore uh, i literally had um a night and then a full day at Universal Singapore and also Resorts World Sentosa, which is incredible. Uh, so it, it's pretty much the Universal Park there is lodged in this big resort community. So they have resorts, they have attractions, restaurants. So just think of like a glorified city walk. Uh, they have the cable cars, uh, which I just did a video on. They have the Sentosa Mirror Lion, which is this big iconic structure. You walk up and get beautiful views of Sentosa. Um, so then housed in all that is Universal Singapore uh, and all when I visited, uh, actually everywhere I visited in Asia was celebrating uh, Chinese, the Lunar New Year. So lots of things set up for that. The whole park, Universal itself, was set up to celebrate uh, Chinese New Year. But Universal Singapore is a super, super, super small park, but a lot of good quality attractions there. So I, I enjoyed I think every single ride I rode at that park. So uh, when you say small park, though, like hmm. put that in perspective for a, a North American park goer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a park that would be about the same size. Um, Kings Island. Kings. Yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. Yeah. Kings Island is about is probably about the same size as that. Wow. Um, so it's literally, you know, they have a very small lagoon in the middle. And then you, it doesn't take that long to walk around the entire park. So it, it's, it's pretty much a, a day park, I would say. You know, if it's super crowded, you might have some wait times. But um, other than that, it's, it's pretty much a one-day park. Wow. But really cool experience. Um, their version of the Mummy is, is pretty much Orlando's version, um, just improved. 
So kind of the same setup. It still has the launch, uh, but it's just it looks fresher and newer. Like right. <laughs> yeah. I actually. Um, yeah. Um, Brent and I actually were working at Universal when they were preparing Singapore. And oh. Brent had a chance to train several of the what would be their team leads on um, for the, on the River Rapids. He trained them on Bluto's and Ripsaw so they could get a water safety idea. And mainly Bluto's because they have, I believe Jurassic Park is the River Rapids ride there. Yes, yes. And um, then I also had, I had trained on um, several crew members on the Mummy for, and I mean, we trained them for they told us to take them through the riggers like make stuff break and not while guests were on the ride obviously but make stuff make stuff break good make stuff go wrong show them what to do show them how things work um because they were actually adapting a at the time and i don't know this was many many years ago uh they were adapting a policy for the singapore park that none of the other universal parks had which was more like a cedar fair policy where the ride operators could troubleshoot the problems mm. instead of having to call pick up the phone and call maintenance oh. so you could actually troubleshoot through some of the minor problems before you called maintenance over so you could run a more efficient operation interesting so and that was something we did a little bit more of at mummy than even in orlando we we did at the time than a lot of the other rides at universal because there were just so many errors that maintenance got tired of literally walking across the park to push a button that we do <laughs> that we knew how to do because we sat there and watched him do it yeah. several times. But so, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, overall, really good park, uh, some really cool attractions. And I'll say like, you know, probably the Puss in Boots ride, uh, was really a really cool concept. So that's kind of a steel inverted family coaster that goes through some themed elements too. Um, and this would be a, a perfect addition. I hate to say this, bring this to Orlando. Oh, no. I, I think that this would be a really nice addition to our parks here, especially, you know, given we only have Shrek. <laughs> um, and to kind of work on some of the DreamWorks properties, maybe in their next park. Uh, but this would be a, a nice thing to bring to it. A really solid ride uh, for a family. Well, if you, if you believe any geeky thrill seekers uh, <laughs> down there, uh, how to train your dragon should be next in line. Oh yeah, of course. I'm I'm sorry that I overstepped that that attraction. <laughs> yes, don't don't leave out how to train your dragon. It deserves a world. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and by the way, congratulations! You have become the first person to say, "Bring to Orlando" on <laughs> yes. our lovely little podcast. I had to throw that out there. So, um, but besides Puss in Boots, uh, I definitely think another highlight of that park is the giraffe. Jurassic Park Rapids ride. So I think this is the best version of the Jurassic Park water rides they've done at the Universal Parks. Wow. It's a rapid style ride. So you sit in a round rapids type vehicle. But what's unique about it is that the dark ride element, when you go into the factory or whatever it is, um, it's a pitch dark. So you can't see anything. And meanwhile, you're going through these strong rapids. And then it has an elevator lift that lifts you up towards the end. And instead of you going out and seeing the T-Rex and dropping, you go up the elevator shaft and the T-Rex is actually above you. So it looks like the elevator is going to run into him. And then a side door opens up and the raft 
goes down a small, a much smaller drop. Uh, but the whole experience with that ride was amazing. I loved every second of it. Um, and I think between Puss in Boots and that ride, those are kind of my signature attractions. I thought they were the best rides in the park. Yeah, I'm looking at like pictures of Puss in Boots as you're talking about it, and it just looks incredibly themed, incredibly laid out. Yep, it's very, very well done. And I uh, That was the longest wait I think I had in that park. Um, kind of a slow dispatch on that as well. Um, but overall, park much more efficient than Fuji-Q or Siam Park City. So at least they kind of had things in, in line as far as um, efficiency there. The other weird, weird, weird ride was the uh, Sesame Street Spaghetti Space Chase. I think I said that right. Spaghetti Ch Space Chase, uh, which... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like their their ET, I guess. It's it's an indoor. It's a dark ride, um, going through Elmo, going into space and looking for spaghetti or something like that. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> uh, but really well done. Like just with how it's themed and the animatronics and everything, it was actually a really cool ride. But I had no idea what was going on the whole time. Right. So, um they have battlestar galactica there it was okay uh, they're, they're nothing special uh two different um coasters there they, they don't do not duel um, but two separate coaster tracks for that let's see what else um oh lights camera action uh their their special effects show very well done and i, I do miss having a special effects show here in orlando so this was a welcome addition to get to see a, a special effects show again. And this one is um, hosted by Steven Spielberg. Uh, but one of the best ones I've seen. Uh, this is better than Backdraft that they had uh, um, in California. Wow. Uh, so that's, that's pretty high praise on my book because Backdraft yeah. has always been my favorite of the shows. Yeah. No, I liked Lights, Camera, Action. Uh, I liked it better than Backdraft. And, you know, of course, they have Waterworld, too. So I went to see that. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's, that's Universal Singapore. Definitely a nice park. So after, I would say after Universal Japan is, is my favorite Universal park, I would, I would probably put Singapore as a second. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, but I really like so, it. Yeah, and I mean, I've heard you say that a lot before, too. And it seems like, as far as Universal is concerned, at least, that their better parks are in the Asian markets. For sure. Um, so, and I'm glad Singapore was a great experience for you. I got one more quick question for Universal Singapore. Yeah. And then we're probably going to split this and take a break, and we'll feature your Tokyo Disney talk on next Sunday's episode, so everybody okay. will have to come back for that part. Um, so one more quick question on Universal Singapore. You were talking about the River Rapids, and you said mm -hmm. it's the best Jurassic Park rendition you've seen. Yes. Um, actually, I'll hit you with a two-parter. Number okay. one, would you, if you were Universal and you were making these changes to Jurassic World as we see reportedly coming, would you consider replacing the splash boat with that River Rapids if Absolutely. Bluetooth didn't exist? Yeah, I, I definitely would, yeah. Especially since uh, Universal Hollywood doesn't really have, um, well, they don't have Bluetooth or anything, but they, I think the Rapids version would be a nice change to that ride. And that way they'd make it kind of unique between the coasts, too. Right. Agreed. And so you've been on it and I have not. Uh, and I hear a lot of people say it and it's 
I don't know that it will be mine. I can't say it because I haven't ridden it. Do you like it better than Infinity Falls? What's your favorite river rapids at this point? I know you're not much of a water ride person, but... That's a tough one. I mean, I, I do like Infinity Falls a lot, but I would have to probably go with this Jurassic Park one just because of theming alone. Uh, you know, I love the Jurassic Park franchise, and I think, like I said, this is the best version of it. So, yeah, I'd probably have to put it above Infinity Falls. I mean, as far as thrills, I think probably Infinity Falls has a little bit more. Uh, but the Jurassic Park ride, just the whole Rapids Park, or Rapids part in the dark was was awesome. And is it a is it a soaker? Is it like a like I always call Bluto's? Yeah. Uh, I nickname Bluto's the Equal Opportunity Soaker because you can't <laughs> yeah. get off Bluto's without getting drenched. Yeah, and Infinity Falls I think is even worse. I mean, I I've ridden it a couple times, and every place I sit, I mean, I get soaked. Wow. But, uh, the Jurassic Park Rapids, uh, it, I wouldn't call it a soaker. I, you do get wet for sure. Um, and I happened to be sitting in the wrong place, so I did get soaked on it when I went, but there were other people on the raft with me that were not as bad. Okay. So I guess it's just one of those, you have to time it right. <laughs> right, but not as bad as uh, Cali River Rapids at Animal Kingdom, where we see, I mean, I've gotten on and off Cali <laughs> River Rapids and been dry. Yeah, oh yeah. You get wetter in the, in the afternoon thunderstorm <laughs> in Florida than you do on Cali sometimes. Agreed, agreed. So, okay, well... Um, thanks for taking the time to talk about those parks. Uh, go ahead and give us your social pages one more time, and then we are going to wrap this episode up, and we'll come back, bring you back, and have you talk about Tokyo Disney Sea uh, next week. Yep. So my uh, Twitter is at Mr. Brian ORL, and I'm also at ORL Park Pass, and my YouTube channel is Mr. Brian in Orlando. Yes, and it's a wonderful YouTube channel. Again, like I said pure honesty uh even on your twitter page about everything you experience in the parks and everything and that's something i completely respect and i know i talk about probably too much for our listeners on this show uh with the uh with the the honesty is a big thing for me and and there's just so many people not wanting to be honest so <laughs> well thank you right. yeah all right so that's gonna wrap that up all right, so that was good for Brian for stopping by. Obviously, we didn't get through into Tokyo Disney yet, but again, I want to thank him for stopping by, uh, having a chat. We're going to bring him back next week. He's already agreed to do that and talk his visit to Tokyo Disney and Disney Sea with us. So we'll have that on next week's episode, episode 10. My name is Jim for Wild Gravity Travelcast. Be sure to check out wildgravitytravels.com for all the latest news and excitement in the industry of amusement, theme parks, and beyond in travel tourism general, as well as our social pages. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. We post tons of videos. I'm trying to get lots more videos uploaded all the time. So we'll have a lot more of that. And thanks again for listening. I know this is a little longer episode than normal, but Brian had a lot of information to get through, and I'm sure he'll have a lot with Disney to discuss on our next episode next week. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week ahead, everybody. And we will see you at the parks very soon as the season is approaching.